Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 17 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Number two, directions for the religious observance of the Lord's Day. Secondly, being convinced of the holiness of this day, the better to keep it holy when it comes, you must first, on the weekday before the Sabbath or Lord's Day, remember it, Exodus 20, 8 and 9, to the end that none of your worldly business be left undone or put off till then. Especially upon Saturday, you must prepare for it. Then you must put an end to the works of your calling and do whatsoever may be well done beforehand to prevent bodily labor, even in your necessary actions, that when the day comes, you may have less occasion of worldly thoughts, less encumbrance and distractions, and may be more free, both in body and mind, for spiritual exercises. Second, you yourself, and as much as in you lies, all under your authority, must rest upon this day. Exodus 23, 12, 34, 21. The space of the whole day of four and twenty hours, from all manner of works except those which have true reference to the present day's works of piety, mercy, and true necessity. Matthew 12, 1 through 13. Not doing your own ways, not finding your own pleasures, nor speaking your own words. Isaiah 58, 13. Second, again, it is not enough that you observe this day as a rest, but you must keep it a holy rest, which that you may do. You must on your awakening in the morning make a difference between it and other days. Not thinking on any worldly business more than will serve for a general providence to preserve you from great hurt or loss. Both in your lying awake and rising in the morning, make use of the former directions showing you how to awake and rise with God. Rise early, Psalm 92.2. If it will consist with your health and not hinder your fitness for spiritual exercises through drowsiness afterward, that you may show forth God's loving kindness in the morning. Double your devotions on the Lord's day, as the Jews did their morning and evening sacrifice on the Sabbath day. Numbers 28, 3, 9, and 10. Prepare yourself for the public holy services by reading, by meditation, Ecclesiastes 5, 1 and 2, and by putting away all filthiness, James 1, 21, 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2. That is, repenting of every sin and casting away the superfluity of naughtiness. That is, let no sin be allowed or suffered to reign in you. Then, Pray for yourself and for the minister 
Ephesians 6, 18 to 20, that God would give him a mouth to speak and you and heart to hear, as you both ought to do. All this before you shall assemble for public worship. Being thus prepared, bring your family with you to the church. Join with the minister and congregation. Set yourself as in the special presence of God, following the example of good Cornelius, Acts 10, 33. With all reverence, attending and consenting, saying amen with understanding, faith, and affection to the prayers uttered by the minister, believing, Hebrews 4, 2, and obeying, James 1, 22, Whatsoever is by him commanded you from God. Afterward, by meditation and by conference, Acts 17, 11 and 12. And if you have opportunity by repetitions, call to mind and wisely and firmly lay up in your heart what you have learned. Psalm 119, 11. The like care must be had before, at, and after the evening exercise. The nature and design of baptism and the Lord's Supper, etc. 1. If baptism be administered, stay, Ezekiel 46.10, and attend unto it. Number one, to honor that holy ordinance with the greater solemnity. Number two, and in charity to the persons to be baptized, joining with the congregation in hearty prayer for them and in a joyful receiving them into the communion of the visible church. Number three, also in respect of yourself, for hereby you may call to mind your own baptism, in which you did put on Christ, Galatians 3.27, which also does lively represent the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, together with your crucifying the affections and lusts, Galatians 5.24, being dead and buried with him unto sin and rising with him to newness of life, Romans 6, 3 through 5, and to hope of glory, Colossians 1, 27, 2, 11 through 13. Understanding clearly that the blood and spirit of Christ, Hebrews 9, 14, 10, 22, signified by water, doth cleanse you from the guilt and dominion of sin to your justification and sanctification. Matthew 3, 11, Titus 3, 5, 1 John 1, 7. Remembering, moreover, that by way of sealing, Genesis 17, 11, Romans 4, 11, your baptism did, in particular, exhibit and apply to you that believe 
Christ, with all the benefits of the covenant of grace, ratified in his blood, minding you also of this, that it does not only seal God's promises of forgiveness, grace, and salvation to you, but that also it seals and binds you to the performance of your promise and vow of faith and obedience, which is the branch of the covenant to be performed according as was professed on your part. Recourse to your baptism is an excellent strengthener of your weak faith. 1 Peter 3.21 And an occasion of renewing of your vow, you having broken it, and of resisting temptations, considering that they are against your promise and vow in baptism. Directions for the right attendance on the Lord's Supper. Number two, when there is a communion, receive it as oft as, without interrupting the order of the church, you may. But be careful to receive it worthily, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven. It is not enough that you be born within the covenant and that you have been baptized, but you must have knowledge of the nature of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three, Romans 4, 11. Both that it is of divine institution and that it is a sign and seal of the righteousness of faith signifying to you by the breaking and giving of the bread and by pouring out and delivering the wine, 1 Corinthians 11.26. The meritorious sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ in whom the covenant of grace is established. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 and 21, Hebrews 7, 22. Presenting also and sealing unto you by the elements of bread and wine, the very body and blood of Christ, with all the benefits of the new covenant, of which you receive indeed livery and sizen in the act of receiving by faith, whereby you also grow into a nearer union with Christ your head and communion with all his members, your brethren. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 and 17. Besides, there must be a special preparation by examining yourself. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. And renewing your peace with God before you receive, according to the directions before given. Chapter 5, section 2. Also, make your peace, at least be at peace and in charity with your neighbor by a hearty acknowledging your fault so far as is fit and making recompense if you have done him wrong. Matthew 5. 23 and 24, and by forgiving and forbearing revenge, if 
he hath done you wrong. Colossians 3, 13. In the act of administering and receiving, join in confessing, confession and prayers and attend to the actions of the minister when he breaks the bread, pours out the wine, and by blessing sets it apart for holy use. 1 Corinthians 10.16 By faith, behold Christ in representation, wounded, bleeding, and crucified before your eyes for you. Looking upon him whom your sins condemned and pierced to the death, rather than his accusers and those who nailed him to the cross, who, though malicious, were but instruments of that punishment which God, with other tokens of his wrath, did execute upon him, though in himself a lamb without spot, justly for your sin, he being your surety. This looking upon him, whom you have pierced, Zechariah 12.10, should partly dissolve you into a holy grief for sin. But chiefly considering that by this, his passion, he hath made full satisfaction for you. And also seeing what blessings God and Christ himself by the hand of his minister, giving Christ's body and blood sacramentally, do signify and seal unto you, it should raise your heart to a holy admiration of the love of God and of Christ. And it should excite you in the very act of taking the bread and wine to a reverent and thankful receiving of this his body and blood by faith, discerning the Lord's body, 1 Corinthians eleven, twenty-nine. Gathering assurance hereby that now all enmity between God and you is done away, if you are believers indeed, and that you by this, as by spiritual food for life, shall grow up in him with the rest of his mystical body unto everlasting life. This concludes episode 17 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk. <laughs>